book of John in chapter 8. We've been studying on the, the fruit of the Spirit. Tonight we come to faith and we could spend a, a year or two on faith and, and really wouldn't scratch the surface. Well, we could on all of these. But I want to spend a little bit more time in faith. There are several different types of faith that we find that is necessary to be a disciple of Christ. Several different types of faith. And, and what I mean by that is there, there's one faith that gets you saved. There's one faith in Christ Jesus that, that you believe in Him to the saving of your soul. But then throughout your walk with Christ, throughout our walk with Christ, we have to have faith in God for other things. We have to have faith in Him for healing. We have to have faith in Him for comfort. We have to have faith in Him for forgiveness. And tonight I want to look a little bit deeper into that faith that we have in God for forgiveness. Whenever I refer to forgiveness tonight, I'm, I'm talking about post-salvation. So whenever we get saved, our sins are put away from us. We are forgiven of all sins prior. But if you're here and you're saved this afternoon, I dare say that, that you've went from the time that you got saved to now without sinning. I don't think there's any of us that can say that. Even after we get saved, we can still sin. We, we're, we're still flesh. We're, we're still a man. We're, we're still me. There, there's no escape in our humanity. We, we can ask God to help us. We can ask God to lead and guide us. We can submit ourselves to Him. But we are still human. We still have the tendency, I'm going to use that word very lightly, to mess up. We still have the tendency to stray. And whenever you look at people, especially in the church, you want real hard, and, and I did it. I did it all my life. You want, to look at the, you want to look at the pastor. You want to look at the preacher. You want to look at the deacons. You want to look at the Sunday school person, and you want to look at somebody that does not sin. And that, that's not the case. That's not the case. You can find the most upstanding, righteous person that you can, and he's still a sinner. Even after salvation, that person, that fleshly man, is still a sinner. If at any point in time we think that we are above sin, we are in trouble. Because the devil's got us right where he wants us. If at any point we think that, that we cannot sin, or that we are exempt from sin, or, or that we are without need for God's forgiveness, then we are in big trouble. Because we are never without the need for God's forgiveness. We, we, we won't ever reach that point. We won't ever find ourselves to, to get to the point that we don't need to ask God to forgive us because we're going to mess up. And if we expect someone, uh, whether it be a friend, a family member, a grandma, grandpa, a daddy or a mama, a Sunday school teacher, a deacon or a preacher, if we find ourselves looking at them as someone who cannot mess up, then we need to reevaluate the, the way we our, our perspective. We need to reevaluate the way we look at them because that ain't right. That ain't right. I, I, I'm human and, and sin just as... Just the same as anyone else can. Uh, I'm tempted the same way that, that Jesus was. And the book of 1 John tells us that there's, there's three humongous temptations that we see. If, if not on a daily basis, we see them regular. And oftentimes we can succumb to them. And God is faithful and just to forgive us. And we're going to look at that forgiveness and that faith that we have to have in His forgiveness tonight. The book of John in chapter 8. Verse number 3. The book of John chapter 8, verse number 3. And the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman unto him, taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? 
And they said this tempting him that they might have, a, have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote with his finger on the ground as though he heard them not. And when they continued asking him, he lifted himself up and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted of their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus lifted up himself and saw there were and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are our accusers? Had no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your house tonight. God, we thank you for all the blessings of life that you've bestowed upon us. God, the wonderful way that you've blessed us. God, even in, in difficult and in dark times in our life, God, help us to see that your grace and your mercy is abundant. God, help us and whenever we fail you, God, to, to see our need for forgiveness. God, help us to have faith that you will forgive us. And God, help us to help us to cast our cares upon you, God, and forgive ourselves. God, I pray if they be one here tonight, God, struggling with forgiveness, I pray that their eyes could be open. God, that they could see you as a gracious and merciful God. God, help us so we could all draw closer to you, God, that we could be used of you in a great and mighty way, not for our honor and glory, Lord, but for yours. Lord, I pray that you'd help us that we would, none of us stand in the way of our upcoming revival, God, that it could be a renewing of our hearts and souls, God, and that most of all, that the lost among us could see their need of a Savior before it be everlasting too late. Be with those ask interest in our prayers, those lost loved ones, sick and suffering. God, you know the needs of each one. Pray that you be with them in a special way. Forgive us for we fail you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I find this to be a very interesting scripture because, uh, uh, like usual, the scribes and the, the Pharisees were looking to trap Jesus. They were looking to, they were looking to get him in trouble. And I have no idea what Jesus wrote on the ground. But like some of you probably have, I have speculated. And I have no absolute, no biblical proof. But whenever I think about this story in my mind, something that would cause these men to be convicted, something that would, would cause them to walk away from a woman that they had caught in adultery. The reality of it is Jesus didn't have to write anything in the ground. He told them, you without sin cast the first stone at her. And not a single person in that group picked up a rock nobody because all the people that saw themselves as righteous the ones that that came and they wanted to point fingers at her and and throw rocks at her and they wanted to kill her i often think and, and like i said i don't know don't quote me on this i wonder if jesus stooped down and wrote their sins out on the ground i wonder if he wrote their name beside it and wrote beside what they did or maybe he just maybe he just started writing their names Maybe he just was writing notes to himself. We don't know. But something Jesus did convicted them at their hearts. And, and the basis of this was that they had brought this woman to Jesus because she had sinned. She had messed up. And they wanted to kill her for it. But Jesus, Jesus said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Throughout the Bible, you, you don't see Jesus grabbing up somebody because they messed up and and, and choking them out or throwing them to the wolves. You, you see Jesus offering them help. You see Jesus offering them here in this, in this particular instance, forgiveness. And throughout our life, we are far too quick to want to throw a rock than to forgive. 
We are way faster to pick up a rock and chunk it than we are to, to realize that, that the, yes, this person sinned, but so did I. Jesus told her, Woman, where are thine accusers? Had no man condemned thee. He said, Neither do I go and sin no more. Whenever Jesus asked this woman, Who's around anymore? I, I don't know what the woman went. It's the last that we read about her. We don't, we don't find her name. But I'm not sure she went and got caught up in adultery again. Whenever we're convicted of our sins and, and it's on a personal level, it, it has nothing to do with, with me or, or each other in the building. God convicts us personally and God forgives us personally. And whenever we're convicted of sin, I often refer back to this scripture he didn't tell her, woman, I'm not going to condemn you. Just, just go on. He, he didn't say, I forgive you. He said, go and sin no more. God is a faithful and just God to forgive us. And as we read about David, who got caught up in adultery and murder, God forgave him. God forgave him for what he did. Jesus forgave the woman here for what she did. Not saying that there aren't consequences whenever we mess up, whenever we stray, whenever we find ourselves outside of the will of God, there, there are consequences. Amen. But God has promised to forgive us in the same way that He promised to chasten us. Both for the same reason. Because of that love that we sing about. Jesus promised here, He told the woman, I'm not going to condemn you. God has promised to forgive us in the same way that He has promised to discipline us. And God will forgive us. He was Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, even I, am He that blotteth out transgressions for my own sake, and will not remember thy sins. He'll forgive us and, and put our, our sins as far as the Bible says the east is from the west. You can go as far as you want in either one direction and you'll never run into the other one. You start traveling east and you'll go round and round the world until you run out of breath and you'll never run into the other one. That is how far God will put our sins away from us. Far too many times whenever we find ourselves trying to escape our humanity, trying to ask God to forgive us our sins, God will forgive us. We have to forgive ourselves a lot of times. We have to forgive ourselves of the, of the guilt and the shame. And One thing that holds people up, especially in salvation, is what are other people going to think about me? What is other people going to say? How are other people going to react? And that's the same way when it comes to forgiveness of sins. <clears throat> the Bible says confessing our sins over and over again. Confessing our sins don't mean that, that we've got to come out and just tell all of our business to everybody. Confessing our sins, it means that we have to humble ourselves before God and recognize that we have sinned. Recognize that we have messed up. Recognize that we are in need of forgiveness. Turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah in chapter 55. The book of Isaiah in chapter 55. The Bible says here that we have to seek the Lord. We have to forsake our evil way, and He, he is merciful and will abundantly pardon us. Isaiah chapter 55, we're going to begin in verse 6. Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord. That return unto the Lord tells me right there that he's talking about saved people. Because at one point in time they were with the Lord. And here Isaiah may have been prophesying to, to Israel. He may have been speaking to Israel, but, but he's talking to us just as much as he was then. He said, seek Ye the Lord, while it may be found. A saved person can stray. A saved person can mess up. A saved person can strike a rock when he's supposed to talk to it, and he'll miss the promised land. A saved person can get caught up on top of a rooftop 
looking at a woman and he didn't get her husband killed. Well, he ought not to have been up there in the first place. A saved person can run from God and end up in the belly of a fish. A saved person can deny Jesus Christ almost to his face. But a saved person can also return to God. A saved person can also ask for forgiveness. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. He will abundantly pardon. We, we may have mercy on people here in this world. I used to be a basketball coach, and whenever we get up by 20, 30 points, we, I'd put in the second string. I'd tell everybody, shoot with your left hand. Just whatever, it, whatever it takes to give the other team a, a shot. To let them play ball. It's, it's a game. Let, let them have a little bit of fun. But God has more mercy on us than that. In baseball, there's a 10-run rule in the Little League. I used to umpire a little bit. And when it gets to 10 runs after the fourth inning, we'd, we'd shut it down. That's a mercy rule. 15 after the third, we, there's no coming back from that. So we, we shut the game down and walk away. Let everybody still have a little bit of dignity and pride about the situation. But whenever God forgives us, it is, it is so far beyond that we can't hardly comprehend it. He said in verse number 8, that my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways your ways. We can't comprehend God's mercy. We can't comprehend. We can't wrap our mind around His grace. We can't do it. If we could, then that would put us in a very, very dangerous situation. We can't understand how merciful God is. I heard a man ask a question one time. One of my first Bible studies I did before I started preaching was, can you be, can you be too far gone to get saved? Can you be too much of a sinner to get saved? And the answer to that is no. But can a saved person stray away from God so far that God can't bring him back? And the answer to that is twofold. Yes, a saved person can stray so far away from God that he never gets back. But it's because of his own choice. A saved person can stray so far away from God that he don't want to get back. That he don't desire forgiveness. That, 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 that we get hung up in pride. Is what John said. <clears throat> that pridefulness gets to us. That, that we don't want to ask for forgiveness. That, that we feel like we deserve this. Or that we even sometimes won't forgive ourselves because of the shame and the guilt. But whenever it comes to forgiveness, that, that, that's where faith comes in. We had faith that Jesus saved our souls. And all too many times we lack the faith that it takes to believe that God will completely and totally forgive us. Flip over to John Excuse me, 1 John, in chapter 1, if you would. Keep your Bibles open. We're going to do a little flip-flopping this afternoon. Book of 1 John in chapter 1, verse number 7. I, I love the book of 1 John. It's often referred to as a loving chapter, and it's it's got a lot of good in it right here in the beginning. The Bible says in verse number 6, let's jump down to verse number 7. But if we walk... In the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we believe that, if, if I'll put this in an interesting way, bear with me. If we have faith enough in ourselves to think that we don't need God's forgiveness, then our faith is misplaced. That is called pride. 
That is called not humbling ourselves. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We, we use this verse very, very often whenever we minister to lost people. But as a saved person, if we say that we do not sin, we deceive ourselves. As a saved child of God, if we say we don't mess up, then we messed up. It's a double-edged sword, just like that. Short, sweet, and to the point. Verse number 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Brother Ben McLeary used to tell a story. And now, I've heard it from several different people, but from what I hear, he was one of the first people that my parents heard it from. He said a, a man spread a nasty rumor in town about another guy. He said when the other guy finally come around to the man to spread the rumor, he said it's not true. The man said, well, what can I do to fix it? He said, follow me. So they both went up on a hill and he took a feather pillowcase with him. Feather pillow. And he took that feather pillow and he cut it and he ripped it and the wind blew them feathers all over the place. And the guy said, pick up all the feathers. He said, you know I can't do that. He said, you'll never undo the damage that that nasty rumor had done, that that lie had done. He said, you'll never undo that. You'll never sew back up all the feathers in the pillow. But he said, I can forgive you for it, and we can move on because you recognize what you did wrong. You recognize how you hurt me. The, the, the man will... We will always be forgiven of God if we confess our sins and recognize that we're a sinner. The only way to be saved is to recognize you're a sinner. The only way to have forgiveness of sins is to recognize that we, that we messed up. The only way, there ain't no other way. If we confess our sins, He is, not might be, not maybe, not perhaps, not maybe, not, not depending on how bad the sin is. Uh, a friend of mine, and, and he's, a, he's not a pastor, he, he's a, a minister. He put on social media the other day, and I thought it was really interesting. He said that he had recently been convicted about speeding. And it was a picture of him doing 55 miles an hour. He said, but this sure does feel like I'm going slow. But he said that he was convicted about speeding. He said that he, he felt in his heart that it was wrong, and that he was going to try to stop it. The Bible has a very clear cut and dry, right and wrong about most things. But the Bible don't say anything about speed. The Bible don't say anything about speeding. But the Holy Spirit convicts us when we're wrong. And if we get convicted about speeding, that is between us and God. If we get convicted about stretching the truth, if we get convicted about lying to our wife, even when it's a good lie, I lied to my wife for, oh, days. We was just about to get engaged, and, I mean, I had pulled out all the stops, invited all of her friends up from Baton Rouge and from all over the country. My parents was coming up, and I told her, baby, we're going to the park for your birthday. Let's go. I was not convicted about lying to my wife. Some people are. The Holy Spirit works within each and every one of us differently, just like the COVID affects each and every one of us differently. And I'm not comparing the Holy Spirit to the COVID, but they, they, they both work on a personal level, if you understand what I'm saying. Whenever we're convicted of sin, that means that we, we now have something to be forgiven of. We now have something to ask God to forgive us of, whether it is speeding, 
or lying or stretching the truth or, or murder. Well, whatever it may be, and I know I took a real big jump right there, but whatever it may be, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The next step is what Jesus said in the book of John. Go and sin no more. If we're convicted of it and we recognize our sin and we choose to go back and do it again, that's when we get in trouble. That's when we get to the point that, that God's going to reach down and, and chasten us. That's when we get to the point that God is going to begin to affect our life in a greater way and not always positive. That's when God is, is going to send a fish or a, or a rooster to crow so that we'll recognize that we have done wrong. I, I'm not sure if whenever Peter denied Jesus three times, I have no idea whether the first time he'd done it, whether he recognized the severity of what he just did. I like to think that if I'd have been in that situation after I denied him the first time, I'd have been a little more self-conscious of it. But Peter denied him three times before he finally realized exactly what he had done. Whenever David, David, excuse me, David committed adultery and murdered Uzziah, David didn't recognize what he had done. No doubt David knew it was wrong. He was a man after God's own heart. David was a mighty man used for God. But I don't think that, according to my Bible, I don't think David recognized how wrong it was until Nathan come along. And in my old Bible, I used to study out of all the time. Whenever I, I come across that scripture, I wrote up at the top of my Bible. I started and I put, everybody needs a Nathan. The Holy Spirit is our Nathan. I come to realize that later. The Holy Spirit will tell us and, and convict us when we are wrong. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. The Holy Spirit will convict us whenever we're wrong because we can't, we can't hide things from the Holy Spirit dwells within us. We can't hide things from God. He knows how many hair we do or do not have on top of our head. He knows every last bit of it. We can't hide things from him. Here Solomon is saying that, that whosoever covers his sins shall not prosper. But if we confess them. And the next word is the kicker. Jesus said, go and sin no more. Solomon said, confess and forsake. Then we shall have mercy. If we continue to live and to live and to live in sin, if we continue to mess up over and over and over and over again, that is the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Maybe we don't respect to expect a different result. I'm going to use this uh, analogy, and, and it's, I, I, I don't know if anybody in here gambles. I, I see going to the casino and gambling as something that is very wrong. I see it as covetousness. I see it as contrary to the Word of God. And I, whenever I used to be in high school, we'd take field trips, and we'd go eat at the Paragon Casino Resort and Buffet. And that buffet line was about four times as the length of this church. It was huge, it was great, and it was delicious. But you had to walk right through the middle of the casino floor and stay inside these two yellow lines to get there. And that just irked me. Every time we went through there, it irked me because I knew that wasn't where I was supposed to be. I was 14, 15 years old. I, I knew I wasn't supposed to be in there. I knew it was wrong. But there's saved people that go to the casino every weekend. And the guy said one time, the more you miss church, the less you miss church. And that's the same way. 
The more you go to the casino, the less and less that, that you begin to get convicted of it. We used to get whoopings by mom and daddy, and the more whoopings we got, the less it hurt. It's like you got a callus on your butt or something. I, I don't know how it worked. But the more and more you got whooped, the, the less it meant. And the same thing with the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The more and more we disobey God, the, the more that we live in sin and we don't confess and forsake our sins, and the easier it gets to do it. And the further we get away from God. I heard a story one time and it made an awful lot of sense to me. It said two people, was, or, or Jesus and one man was walking along. and The, the man was, was walking and talking with Jesus, just representing a close-knit relationship between him and God. He said he got up there and he saw something shiny out in the pasture. He said, Jesus, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to run out here and get this. Jesus said, that is the world out there. Stay on the path with me. The man struck out and he saw that something shiny. He got out there and it was a little old bitty piece of aluminum foil. But then he looked up and he saw something else shiny a little bit further out there. So he said, Jesus, he looked back and hollered, Jesus, Jesus, I'm going to go get this. Hold on. Jesus said, that's the world out there. The man struck out and went on to that second piece of something shiny. He found a bottle cap. And he looked up and there was something else shiny out there. So he turned around. Jesus, I'll be right back. I'm going to get this something shiny. So he struck out toward that something shiny. And there was a soda can way out yonder. He looked up from that soda can and there was something else shining. He turned around to say, Jesus, I'm going further. And he couldn't find Jesus. He wandered so far away from him, looking for that something shiny that he couldn't find him anymore. And Jesus was right where he left him. But he had wandered and he had wandered and he had wandered. Flip over, if you would, to Hebrews in chapter 8. The book of Hebrews in chapter 8. Then we're going to flip back to Matthew and we'll close. Book of Hebrews in chapter 8. God will be merciful. He will forgive our sins and we have to forgive ourselves. Hebrews in chapter 8, verse number 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be my people. Whenever God saved us, He sent us what? He sent us the Holy Spirit to live within us. To do what? To call to remembrance of Scripture. To lead and guide and direct us in everything that we do or say. To write God's Word upon our heart. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother. Say, and know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Again, representing a, a saved man that slips. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Flip over to Matthew in chapter 12. A man asked me one time, and, and I, I wasn't preaching it, I was in... I don't remember if I was in high school or college. But he asked me one time, I think I was in college at Bible study, is there a sin that God will not forgive? And I, I, I don't know no better. I'm thinking to myself, now, God, God said he, he'll forgive us our sins. In Matthew in chapter 12, verse number 31, it was in college because uh, Brother Justin Shipley, who was our, our youth minister at Ruston First Baptist, was helping out with the Bible study. And he mentioned this verse after it was over. I guess he was eavesdropping on, on our conversation. That was when I was in college. 
Matthew in chapter 12, verse number 31. Wherefore I say unto you, Jesus speaking, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. And then the answer to the boy's question. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Blasphemy is a, a lack of reverence, respect. Verse number 32, And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven unto him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven unto him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. That is the sin that, that cannot be forgiven, that will not be forgiven. The sin of blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. Whenever... I love kids. I really do. They amaze me all the time. Whenever we get to the point that we have to ask God of forgiveness, we have to remember that we have to ask in faith. If we ask God to forgive us our sins and we don't believe that He will, then we're missing half the blessing. We're missing the peace and comfort because we're going to dwell in our guilt and shame believing that God won't forgive somebody like me. He saved somebody like me. He saved somebody like you whenever you didn't deserve it, whenever I didn't deserve it. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We're still sinners. Christ still died for us. And right now, as we speak, Christ is seated on the right hand of God, making intercessions for us. We pray in the name of Jesus. We, we pray to God through Jesus. And we have to have faith that God will forgive us. And in so doing, the Holy Spirit will, will comfort us and then we have to forgive ourselves. Lord willing, we're going to continue the study on faith the next couple of weeks. Continue to pray for us in this study. It's, it's deep and oftentimes it runs off in a direction that, that I don't really find myself going, but God will lead in everything. While we have a verse for song.